like my dreams out of reach. This pain and all this grief. If you see God and you have to speak, tell him it's crazy in these streets. Feel my pain and it's so deep. That make it hard to sleep. Yo, I'm Pastor Phil. Welcome to Church on the Block. Real talk about hip-hop, the church, and the streets with my great co-host, Pastor Jay and Ruck Boy on Holy Culture Radio, Sears XM, Channel 154. We are here today, right here, Church on the Block with my great friend, Reverend Dr. Kerry Casey. But I want to give it up right now to DJ uh, Ruckus. Ruck Boy, what's going on, man? How you doing, bro? Yo, what's good, man? Happy to be here this Sunday morning. God bless everybody. God bless you too. Happy Father's Day, man. Happy Father's Day to you too and everybody else. Man, you got some yeah. kids about to go to college, man. I mean, you got one daughter almost about to be done, a daughter about to go in. Y'all just about to be broke, man. Just about to be broke. That's all. <laughs> <laughs> I've been broke. <laughs> No, that's right, man. That's right. Well, on this show today, man, um, and I'm going to have uh, my good friend, uh, Reverend Dr. Kerry Casey, uh, introduce himself a little bit. I'm going to say a few things about him. It is Father's Day. We want to say happy Father's Day to everyone. And we want to talk today about Church on the Block, about um, fathers and the church's involvement or not involvement around uh, empowering men, empowering fathers, right? There's a, um, a lot of stuff that men go through in general, right? Some may be legit, some not so legit uh, in the context of depending on a, whoever's seeing it. But the reality is, is that, it, you know, is the church, um, how the church is supporting or uh, trying to support or not supporting, um, empowering men to be the fathers, grandfathers that they can be, right? Mm-hmm. And um, if the church, and we know that the church is that change agent that God is using uh, to make that happen. So today we want to talk about fathers and my good friend, Dr. Reverend Dr. Kerry Casey, who was uh, the National Urban Director of FCA, Fellowship of Christian Athletes, for several years. We've known each other from Kansas City at uh, Paseo Baptist Church with the great Reverend Dr. Charles Briscoe, disciple Tony Evans back in the day when he was in seminary with big sideburns uh, coming out of his head. And and then uh, he was also the chaplain for the Seoul Korea Olympics. And then uh, left, came co-pastor of Lawndale Community Church, um, then left Lawndale Community Church to be the president of uh, FCA Foundation, led that for a while, and then was CEO of, of a National Center for Fathering, which is a huge organization that did a lot of research around um, about fathering. Ken, what was the founder? Canfield. Ken Canfield. Yeah, developed great resources and yeah. training and all that you do concerning fathering. Yeah. Yeah. Then came back uh, to uh, Lauderdale Co-Pastor, but also founded Championship Fathering, which uh, is his passion. He's got five books out. He is a great father himself and grandfather um, with uh, nine grandkids. Yes. <laughs> nine grandkids. Four man. kids and nine grandchildren. But by the way, there are no perfect dads. As blessed as I am with Amen. all of the titles, <laughs> right. there are no perfect dads. That's true. That's I want to make sure you all are comfortable and don't t- tune us out thinking we're perfect. Exactly. Exactly. So, so Carrie, tell us a little bit about, you know, whatever else that I missed out, but also about championship fathering and its yeah. impact and, and its work. The greatest thing I can do, even as we are celebrating Father's Day, but the greatest thing I can do is to be a man of God, a husband, and a father. And now 
a grandfather. But as I stated, there are no perfect dads. But every child needs a father, grandfather, or father figure. And that's why we're doing what we're doing. That's why we're with you here today. But I do want to remind people, I was ordained um, uh, Baptist. So I'm Black and Baptist and a preacher. We could be here all day. But anyway, uh, my, my pastor used Baptist to tell Baptocostal. Baptocostal. <laughs> <laughs> it's like my pastor used to tell me, he said, son, a, a good sermon or a good talk is like good sausage. You can cut it off anywhere and you got the same thing. <laughs> so anyway, we will look forward to these moments we have. Together. So when, when did championship fathering start? Championship uh, fathering started five years ago. And natural was a spinoff from the National Center for Fathering. I am a shepherd at heart. I am a pastor. I preach, I teach quite naturally, consistently in America, uh, in Chicago, but then, believe it or not, around the world. And even when we were in the height of the COVID, it was some of our best moments mm. because we had to go to Zoom in other ways, in essence, to communicate. Mm. And so United Kingdom and other parts of the world that uh, folks have read our books, Championship Fathering, as well as Championship Grandfathering, mm. they read the books and then they could get boatloads of people on wow. Zoom. And I can sit at my bride's desk <laughs> at home across the street, by the way, from where Terrence uh, Terrence Foster, lives, Terrence yeah. Foster lives. Yeah, yeah. And I would sit there and give out the information for an hour and question and answer. And it's just amazing and the privilege of what we have to do. But I just want to say I'm proud of you all and what you're doing and having us on naturally Father's Day. Yeah. But it's 24 seven and it mm. is such a great privilege and an honor to be a father to be the father of my children and grandchildren and father figure to many. And you guys, and what you all have been doing for years, you are a father figure to many young men Amen. that literally need you. The power of the father's voice. Amen. And so I was blessed with a wonderful dad. So, so say that. So, so your passion around this work comes from Mm -hmm. just what you just mentioned about your own father oh. right and and um and and seeing i guess in some regards right the gap yes where their fathers just didn't necessarily even know what it meant to be about you got it my pop we would sit on the front porch sometimes my brother and i mm -hmm. and pop would just he was brilliant mm -hmm. he's not he was not a preacher or anything but he was there in washington when dr king shared i have a dream wow i was seven years of age i remember he, when he went there <laughs> so my dad had dreams for us but he would sit there and he'd say something like this and he would say boys you know it would break my heart if y'all ever smoked that dope he would say that he didn't discuss <laughs> what that dope. smoking that dope. But then he would change the subject. Just have to, have to he would just it. go to something else oh, about okay, who okay. hit a home run in Major League <laughs> Baseball. But he knew that he had our hearts. Dropping that knowledge. Dropping that, that little conviction that way. Yeah. Boys, let's take a drive. Okay. We're in the car. That's where I learned about sex. Wow. And he would school us up. Boys, if you hang around Charlene too much, <laughs> you'll probably get in trouble. Anthony Hamilton got a song called Charlene. But anyway. Really? Yeah. Oh, all right. Y'all school me up. Y'all young brothers. Y'all know what day it is. 
But Terrence, that's what he would say. <laughs> and then we're sitting there in that capsule mm. of a car where we can't just jump out of the no, car because right. daddy's driving. Right. And so he's sitting there talking about mm. if you hang around too much, you get in trouble. So he, we're sitting there looking at each other. How does dad know about Charlene? Wow. Wow. But he was a dad. A great coach mm. is involved and aware of what his athletes are doing. Those are the say teams. That say, say that again. Say that again. A that great good. coach is one that is aware and involved in his players' lives. Wow. You see, all right, whoever wins the – Wait, uh, so you're saying, yeah. you're saying mm -hmm. not just the, the game. No. But their life. Oh, 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 oh. So, so compare that to fathers and go ahead, Bridget. You got it. I it's, like that. Man. It's That's just good. like in the NBA today or major league sports. That was good. They will know where the organization that wins will know what you did in junior high. <laughs> Athletically, emotionally, mm. spiritually. University of North Carolina signed me. Mm. The reason why I signed there is because they knew me. I went oh. to some schools and they took me to parties. I can't dance anyway. I don't have any rhythm. I know I'm black, but I don't have any rhythm. But here's <laughs> the deal. But they took me to the fraternity parties. They wanted to roll me money. Okay, they okay. wanted to do, they had girls that would meet you. And I'm uh, like, how okay. did this girl get here? Charlene, Charlene's all over the place. They had the Charlene's <laughs> all over the place. NC State, Wake Forest, whatever. <laughs> but University of North Carolina was the only school that took me to FCA meeting while I was mm. on my official visit, wow. as well as took me to church on Sunday morning. Get out of here. Oh, yeah. So oh, yeah. they knew you beyond just your th – that's brilliant because yeah. schools we talk about all the time, like just pimping these athletes. Pimping. But not necessarily caring about the whole person. That's and it. And comparing that as a father, the father's just not concerned with you got good grades or you clean the room up, the stuff that you do – uh, outside of yourself, but That's your it. heart in that way. That's it. And mm. see, my dad's school member, here's where my dad was valuable for me as well, is that he had the knowledge. He was a World War II vet, traveled to Germany and all over the world. But he had enough knowledge when coaches came into our home, the questions <laughs> to ask <laughs> okay. and all of that. What yeah. are you offering? Now, they can't come in there and lay down cash on the coffee table and say, hey, here's what we're going to do for you. Because I told my dad... At, uh, when I was playing ball and doing well, I said, Pop, one day I'm going to buy you a new house. One day I'm going to buy you a new car. And my dad would just sit there. I said, Dad, did you hear what I said? Because I'm all that in a bag of chips. Right. But Dad said, Son, I have my cars and I have a house. <laughs> I want you to be able to buy yours. Uh. And the way you're going to do it is with integrity, <laughs> wow. with being teachable, yeah. with being tested and passing the test. Mm. Go to fraternity party, girls come over, what's your name? And they're doing all of the stuff. And they had uh, girls on campuses wow. to influence these guys. But wow. they had studied me. So they took me to church, took me to SCA. Mm. And so that's what a, a father um is so great is that he provides and he protects mm. through research. The things that we do with championship fathering, we have the research, resource, training, and programs mm. in essence to school up dads, to give them confidence to be who they are. And God gave the name father 
to us and not to women. He was not belittling women, but the heavenly father gave us that name. And it is a serious title in order Mm-hmm. for not just America, the richest, most powerful country in the world, but then this world to proceed, not only just survive, but to thrive. Mm-hmm. The power of the father's voice. Right, right, There's right. a voice that a father has that nobody else has. Right. Now, I know that's true because my daughters would be um, uh, watching me, you know, kind of discipline my son. And uh, and then they said they didn't want none of that. They didn't want <laughs> They don't want none of that. And then um, I would just come in and, and, and they acted and did something crazy. I just put the belt on the doorknob and they would be like, no, sir, father. I yes. watched the entire house. <laughs> it was just a whole nother level of, of respect that way. But it was it was it was even beyond that, too, with my daughters, especially because it was just about mm-hmm. um, who I was to them. And sometimes I think as men, we don't necessarily at least I knew I didn't necessarily know the value of what role I played with my daughters, especially as I was so involved in ministry and so involved with young people in ministry that um, I was, you know, gone a lot and I was back and forth uh, at different times. And so mm. um, as I recognized how that wounded them and over the years, we've had great reconciliation. We're still uh, talking through things and and, and and it was still there for one another. So we have a great family, really close, but in the midst of, uh, of, of learning all of that, I recognized when I got to a point of that awakening to say, wow, um, just sitting here in the living room, reading a book or doing something is so valuable to my girls because I'm present and I'm there as a dad, you know, in in their life and um, being able to um, recognize just that voice, even even the voice of affirmation. One time I got super excited about my daughter doing great in school. Mm-hmm. I was like, oh, babe, look at this. And we're at the table and she went, she was crying. I'm like, what happened? She said, you got loud and I got scared. I'm like, wow, I'm not trying to be uh, visceral or, or harmful. Mm-hmm. I don't want that to be the case. So, so, I, so I said, this is what I'm going to do. When I'm going to be excited about the fact that like, like you're killing it. I'm going to let you, Hey girl, I'm going to be so excited. I'm going to get loud real, real quick. So she would then be prepared. So like, okay. I know it's not nothing crazy, but yeah. whatever it was in that voice, it created both security and some fear if I didn't balance it right. And I didn't learn that until, until later. And, uh, you know, my, my daughters are the bomb. They're married to great men. And, um, they love the Lord and they're, they're raising families, you know, but being able to, you know, I know a lot of that is on, on my wife being there with a, a lot of time because I was out and about. But as I grew to understand and value that role as a dad, not because I was out doing something crazy, but they even felt that even um, if I say this to dad about X, Y, and Z, about being home, I feel like I'm coming against God because he's doing God's work. And that was like deep later on when they told me, I was like, dang. Mm-hmm. So I was, I, I hope that I didn't, and I'm, you know, you could say you thought one way, but there's direct consequences and indirect consequences, right? I could hit my brake stopping in the stoplight and indirectly cause somebody to hit from hit me from behind. So in some some ways, my own um my own um um uh indirect uh movements created that um mm-hmm. you know direct consequence with them in, in their life. And so we still have date nights, you know, uh, as much as we can as they're growing and have kids. Uh, once a month or, tw- or every other month they're about to so try to check on them, how they're doing as, mm-hmm. as wives and as moms now, and as grown women, where we can talk about grown folks stuff. And, um, but we love each other dearly. Yeah. And my son too, we love each other dearly mm-hmm. in the midst of all of that. But you're right in that, in the midst of uh, knowing the child, knowing your children as a father mm-hmm. um, and, 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 and there's, 
there's there's two different types of ways in which you know a mom may know their their child and and then a father may know their child. Yo, talk to Pastor Kerry Casey, Reverend Doctor Pastor Kerry Casey of Championship Fathering and Co-Pastor of London Community Church. Thank you. You're listening to Church on the Block. Real talk about hip hop, the church, and the streets. We'll be right back. Holy Culture Radio, Sirius XM Channel 154. Come right back. Yo, I'm Pastor Phil. Welcome back to Church on the Block. I'm here with Rock Boy. Yo, what's good? Let's my do co- it. My co-host and uh, Pastor Jay is busy in ministry, doing some stuff for Awanas, making things happen. You know, he's always in the Word, always being creative. Um, so uh, we, uh, we we know his his prayers are with us. Uh, also here with my great friend and our great friend, um, Reverend Dr. Kerry Casey, uh, co-pastor of London Community Church, as well as um, CEO founder of uh, Championship Father. And so, Kerry, we're talking now about great, great insight, man, about about fathering and the coaching reality of knowing mm-hmm. the player as fathers know their children. But where do you think the church, as both a pastor, uh, preacher, minister, and, and and leader of this great organization, has dropped the ball? Where do you think the church has dropped the ball in raising fathers, walking with fathers? Well, it's a fact. The importance of fatherhood in fathers mm. is so pivotal. I mean, in life in general, but especially the church. Mm. And we all have dropped the ball in some areas and things. But yeah. I think about it. It goes the importance to God concerning fathers. Okay. The last verse in the Old Testament mm. before God ever spoke to the writers to write the New Testament. Mm. He said this, in Malachi 4 and 6, don't ever forget this, whoever's listening to this today, go and look at this, and they tell us in cemetery, I mean seminary, (laughs) they share with us when you're talking about exegesis, eisegesis, hermeneutical principles, and all of that that they teach you uh, to preach the gospel. But the last verse of the Old Testament, Mm -hmm. Malachi 4 and 6, he, God wants to turn the hearts of the fathers mm. to the children and the hearts of the children to the fathers mm. or the land will continue to be cursed. Wow. Do the research. Well, we don't read newspapers these days. Well, some people do, but you go on social media or anyway, anywhere and you look at the research of when somebody has done something crazy, arrested. Uh, I haven't done all the research yet. But the, the young man down in Texas doing the shooting there, mm-hmm. you can go to right there, the racist kid there in Buffalo. Mm-hmm. Do the research, and I guarantee you dad wasn't involved. Mm. I guarantee you dad was not schooling him up on a consistent basis. Mm. And so we're not belittling women by any means. But Satan, the devil himself, mm-hmm. battles against us mm-hmm. to quit, to give up, Don't think that you can be a first-round draft pick. I'm not talking about draft pick in terms of ball. I'm speaking in terms of he he brought us out as male and female. You can go to Genesis, talk about how we were created. But there's a certain position and an anointing that a man has that a woman does not have. Mm -hmm. And that's not putting women down by any means. 
but we have to work as a team. And when you work as a team, you can win a championship. Mm -hmm. The team that will win the NBA championship is who likes each other, love each other, like being around each other and play as a team. That's how you win championships. So now the church, we have not recruited and have not uh, accepted many times the responsibility. No, we cannot let the ladies do the heavy lifting. We are supposed to be there, but we have to adapt to the men as well. We can't just spoon feed them, but mm. we have to uh, mentor one another. Uh, as I state, concerning championship father, mm -hmm. every child needs a father, grandfather, a father figure, mm -hmm. you see. And so the church, we have to uh, adapt our programs, adapt our relationships and everything. By the way, I heard you speaking of your daughters, and that's so huge. Yeah, yeah. But... Terrence, Phil, and all of us that have daughters, young girls need, old girls too, need <laughs> their dads as much as a young man. No doubt. The power of the father's voice, right. how a man respects you. My dad raises me more now from the grave than when he was here. Mm. I can hear his voice mm -hmm. when I sit on flights, when I'm sitting here mm -hmm. and I'm, I'm, I'm like my dad. But anyway, but yeah, the church has failed. We have to admit that we have to own that. I mean, do you think that do you think that the church is scared to talk to men? They're scared to create a space where men can. Um, I mean, I've, I've been guilty in preaching and, and where I or I'll bash the men. Women, you know how these guys are. They out here, player, player. And so a guy sitting in the church. He got a couple of kids or he's not married or he's just, I mean, this dude's bashing me and I'm getting the laughs or whatever the case is. So I've been guilty of that. And I know that uh, there's a lot of uh, easy access to, uh, to, to snap on a man. Um, and maybe because you don't get the backlash of a woman. Y'all know how these women are. They ratchet as hell. Oh, no, no, I don't want to say it, But they ratchet in the context of, <laughs> but in the context of, 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 Oh wow, he he really get on us. So th th maybe a, maybe it's a maybe it's another threat indirectly preaching in that context. But I just say it because yeah. you've got, um, you know, I don't know what percentages are, but you know, you got a lot of men that aren't at church. You know, well, bottom line is, I'm old. I'm 66, by the way. And I used to tell my my dad, you say you don't get good to you 56 and seven. I right. said, Pop, you ready to die? He's <laughs> like, No, son. Right, right. You right, know, right, right, you're right. just. You're just getting good. I mean, like in essence, you have to experience life. Right. Now, in, I was born in 1955. All right. In 1960, babies born out of wedlock, it was like 30%. Mm. Now, in, uh, in the African-American community, it was like 30%. Babies born out of wedlock. What do you think it is today in, 2000, in 2022? What do you think? What do you think percentage of babies, African-American babies born out of wedlock? What do you think it is? What, what, what you think, rug boy? What you think? What you I'm going to probably say about 70%. Now, Terrence 70. is brilliant. He must have gone to my classes. But it's 70, <laughs> at least 72%. Really? Yes. Now, how is I'm a just, society? I'm a genius. The Lord speaks to me. That's all. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's that's awesome. He speaks to us. So that's good. Keep listening to him now. He got up early. He left his house. He went to a solitary place where he could be still and listen to his father. Right. But 72%. So how is a society going to be able to deal with that? You are a great father. Terrence is a great father. 
You see what I'm saying? As I see it, as we do research, mm-hmm. you guys have done a great, great job, but there are no perfect dads. Yeah. But it has that child, one of the three tenets of championship fathering is modeling. As we have researched thousands of dads, three things clearly come out Mm. is that that dad is loving. You were mentioning it earlier with um, your children Mm -hmm. and Joe and Bree Mm -hmm. uh, or whatever, but you love your children. Mm -hmm. And so a father will engage with that daughter. Yeah. And affirm them. And and I can't wait until our event. We're we're talking on Father's Day. And then today at London Mm -hmm. Community Church is uh, 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 a great sermon by your son. uh, Yeah, my son is chaplain for the Chiefs. Uh, This guy was saying, Pop, I'm not going to do what you did. I mean, what you're doing and all this. But he's taking it to another level. I don't have a Super Bowl ring. I've spoken to every NFL team and all that. I've never gotten a Super Bowl. (laughs) But he's chaplain for the Chiefs. But if you got Patrick Mahomes, you got a good chance to win the Super Bowl. But so he's there with those guys. Right. And fathering is the major issue because you talk to these guys, but they have, I'm going back to those three tenets of the research. Yeah. A good dad loves his children and he respects the children's mother, even Mm -hmm. if they're divorced, Mm -hmm. he does not bash her, Mm -hmm. but he in fact loves his children. Then he coaches his children, okay. not just on the field, mm-hmm. but schooling the daughters up what to look for in a man. Mm-hmm. Uh, also, sons, this is how you respect the young lady. So he coaches them, like we're talking about, they're aware and they're involved. Right, but right. then, uh, but he models for them. Mm-hmm. A lot of young fellas, and even us, we deacons in church, we're doing all the stuff in those walls. Mm-hmm. But the young men, young ladies too, they have to see it modeled in essence that's to, true. in essence, to even be hungry enough. Right. I want to go. I had that. Mm-hmm. Right, right, right. I was on the basketball court, um, Terrence, when I was a kid, buddy, and all the homies were smoking, smoking and stuff. Mm-hmm. How do they say it these days? They're, yeah, they smoking the blunts. Right, 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 right. So they're like, case, if you want to study better, homie, you got to smoke marijuana. Now, if anybody needed something to help him study was Pastor Casey. I ain't always been like I am now. But anyway, so I put this marijuana cigarette to my mouth. And as I put it to my mouth on the basketball court, it's like I could see my parents' face. (laughs) I could see my pastor's face. I could see my coach's face. I gave it back to my buddies. I ran home. Case. They're screaming, you are a sissy. Excuse the lingo. You are punk, man. You ain't nothing but a chump. But when I got home, guess who was there to greet me? My dad. What's going on, son? And I told him, he said, oh, no, you're going to be okay. And he gave me encouraging words. Mm -hmm. And I felt secure. So I could go back. He felt secure because he was high. No, I'm just yeah. <laughs> no. yeah, I'm good, Dan. I'm, I'm hey, hey, he sound like Bill Clinton. I did not inhale. Hey. I did not. <laughs> listen, listen, let's, pray for, let's pray for Dr. Phil, literally. Now, here's he can't run him in. What? <laughs> I like a mom. <sighs> Yo, you got me on that one. I know, I had to. I had to. He's wide open. So look. 
talk about the church. I love what you just said about those three tenets. Like, you know, the church, um, to create a culture where men feel, I mean, I, you know, we always say more is caught than what is taught. I don't know what men are catching from church. Like, like, like what are men catching to the degree that there are men who are able to uh, raise up families, uh, love their, their children, uh, respect women, respect themselves, respect the community, and be able to see value in that. I mean, we talk about eras gone by. You talk about one era with 30%, you know, um, children born at wedlock, wedlock and, and others, other, this other group is like 70%. Shoot, I'm trying to make it 90% because I want to have more kids. I don't want to be married. It's a whole nother kind of morale that says as long as I'm around and I'm I'm providing for what 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 I can be with who I want to be with so there's a this whole ethic but I think that that is also a, a responsibility of the local body of Christ not just a local congregation which makes up the assembly but in the context of the body of Christ like, like you see a man walking with his kids again he's not perfect he's trying to be a dad to school there's more that's caught that's taught but they're not seeing that they're seeing women and daughters walking their, their their sisters to school and things like that then it becomes like why why what what man am i trying to catch anything from i don't see that out there right. so being able to create a culture where you know this is attractive men in this building man they 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 hold you accountable this is a this mm-hmm. is this is a a spot where i can really find um my voice in that space you know mm-hmm. and so creating you all have done that when i think of the firehouse mm-hmm. and what you all have done I mean, it is off the chart. It's an inviting place. Mm-hmm. They children, uh, my kids, my grandkids as well. We have to be there for them. Right. We have to model for them that they want to be a part of something that's going to save their lives, and then uh, they're going to we're going to invest in them. Yeah. I'm not doing championship final. Well, I just got to kind of do this. No, 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 right, right. My life will live longer than I got more years um, behind me than I will in front of me. Right. Right. And so I have to uh, invest my life. Yeah. I mean, yeah. And I, and I think we need more men to, I mean, working with dudes and men is hard. This generation you know, yeah, you're um, right. Field. These guys, they don't they, they first of all, they're already threatened by a man, period, because they have not been around enough men to feel secure. So whether now if you if you got something for me, you're a coach, you are an employer, uh, you 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 the big ball on the block to help me, you know, sell a pack or two to make some money. There may be a little bit more respect or maybe you maybe you're a shooter. And so you've got some other kind of visceral, violent kind of respect. But. It just seemed like there's there there you know there's more um, you know uh, trauma that young men have with other men because of that, and it makes what what, what I call um, youth uh, relationally resistant, right? They become relationally resistant mm-hmm. to the degree that you're going to have to win me over. You're going to have to fight to win me over. You're going to mm-hmm. fight to win me over. Would you say? Would you say, uh, uh, T? Yeah, no, I totally agree with you on that statement. I think that it is harder now to talk with men. I also do have a question for you, Pastor Casey. Um, I read somewhere some years ago, and I don't have the exact numbers, that if a dad is in the household and he goes to church with his family and takes his kids to church, the likelihood of his kids coming back to church is very high. Is you, Terrence, you blessed me in what you just said, and that's man, you very got the, true. You got the cliff notes, man. You chill, yeah, man. Yeah, and like you said, it's the Holy Spirit. So, hey. <laughs> yeah, yeah. 
you know, when you I guess when you're more spiritual than our information that we have. Right, right, right. And and on the other side of that, if if the dad is not involved in the household. There's a small likelihood that the kids will continue to go to church as they get older. So I guess my question for you, as I look at all of the stuff that goes on in, 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 in urban communities and the violence and, and sometimes what feels like hopelessness, what are your thoughts about how do we get men back in the church? Invite them to church. Be, go, you got to go to where they are. And what they're doing, even myself as a pastor. Well, by the way, Reverend Dr. Kerry Casey's okay, but my, I'm Kerry Casey, C A R E Y C A S E Y. And so I have to be uh, there involved in my community. I, it's not a day I come out of my house and people, hey, Pastor Casey, and they can be cussing on the street. But when they see Pastor, it's, it's like, uh, sorry, Pastor Casey. They send this sorry to me. I don't even know who they are, but they know where Pastor Casey lives and they know what you stand for. But they respect you because I respect them. I'm going to say hi to them. I want to be involved in their lives as well. And I don't have to tell them, like, do what I do, what I do and come to my church. But um, it's a great opportunity to model, to love them to coach them, to be there for them. And there's nothing like that in relationships. That's what we have to do, relational. That's what Jesus did. And so you have to be there for the people, not looking down on them, but being involved and sharing. You listen to the church on the block, real talk about hip hop, the church and the streets, right here with Reverend Dr. Bishop. Uh, Carrie Casey of Championship Father. We're going to be right back. Don't touch the dial. Don't touch whatever you got in your car. Hold on. We'll be right back. Tell them it's crazy in these streets. Tell them it's crazy in these streets. You Yo, I want to drop these bars with you right now about fathers and the impact of, of, of a father and a child. There was a young boy who was on the steps of a um, building, right? There was a soldier who was frustrated with what was going on in the military and wanted to get with Abraham Lincoln and was trying to get in to see him. And at that time, it was, a, you know, you could have different access and different things weren't as, as tightly as, as secure in some regard. So this little boy was up there and the, and the soldier sat down and was just mad and frustrated. He said, man, I'm trying to see the president. I got to talk to him about what's going on. He said, man, you want to see the president? I can show you what the president is. You can show me what the president is? He said, yeah. So he's Took a chance to follow this little kid. Man, a kid went through all things of security, went through the different phases of security, come right into the office where his daddy was and said, Dad, this soldier wants to talk to you. <laughs> I'm just saying that because you and I, as fathers, have access to our father, God the Father, so that we can be better fathers. Never hesitate, never question, never suspect with even all the crazy mistakes we make that God's love for us isn't there to guide us and direct us as we become men of God and as we become men of God, become great fathers, it's always accessible to us. God will always guide us as we trust him in that way. He's always there That's for us. Right.